This is the Right Now Podcast with Sarah Werner. Episode 145, Collaborative Storytelling with Eric and Dan. Welcome to Right Now, the podcast that helps all writers, aspiring professional and otherwise, to find the time, energy, and courage you need to pursue your passion and write. Today, I have with me two wonderful guests. I suppose I should also say, hi, I'm your host, Sarah Werner, and now I can say, hello, today I have two wonderful guests. I have with me today, via virtual studio, Dan and Eric. So Dan Lovely and Eric Saris from Marsfall. Uh, which you may be familiar with. Marsfall launched around the same time that my own space-centered, space-placed, I don't know, audio drama Girl in Space did years ago, and we have just been wonderful, good, close friends ever since. So welcome to the show, Dan and Eric. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. It's great (laughs) to see our space buddy again. I know, space (laughs) friends. Oh, I love it. Well, I want to just start things off by asking, you know, I wrote Girl in Space in a vacuum. I wrote it essentially in space, all alone on a ship, aka my office, by myself. But you guys took a collaborative approach to crafting your story. I would love to hear more about that process and how you kind of grew your team and anything you can tell me about what it looked like putting that together. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, I feel like it's taken a lot of different forms. Um, but Eric and I have kind of been working together, coming up with ideas and collaborating really since like early 2010s. Um, I mean, before that, it was just kind of like tossing ideas back and forth, but not really doing anything with them. Not um, writing yet. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Just ideas that we should have written down. And now who knows? They're in the ether. But when we started writing, myself, Eric, and our other partner, Sam Bose Miller, we were all in different states. We had lived pretty close together in New York for some time, but then we, when we decided, let's make a show, I moved to LA and Sam moved to Michigan and Eric moved <laughs> to New Jersey. So we had to figure out okay. a way to make it work. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, we've, I mean, we found that essentially we would have longer calls where we would kind of brainstorm or come up with ideas Um, And I would say for a a long time, our process was we would, Eric and I specifically would build sort of an outline of what we wanted to to write about and then, you know, choose a a section of it that we wanted to focus on. We'd both go away for half an hour, write, 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 come back, talk about what worked, talk about what didn't, and then sometimes switch. So I'd be looking at what Eric wrote and he'd be looking at what I wrote. In in many ways, it was a little, I felt more vulnerable doing Mm -hmm. that than I ever have with writing because instantly I was getting feedback. Some, I mean... (laughs) Eric's my best friend. So uh, I, I, you know, his, his feedback is always helpful, but also even if it's mean, I know it's got a, a, (laughs) which I don't think it is, but he's, it's, it's coming from a good place, but that, that made a big difference having someone who, who I trusted and whose voice I've been working with putting together collaborations and silly projects and stuff really since high school. I definitely think that's like still the core of our process too. And you nailed it Dan. like the trust that's there. Mm -hmm. And I think, having known you since high school and, you know, us being best friends, there was a lot of trust that feeling vulnerable, but like going to your best friend, I don't know. It just, I think 
it allowed us both to improve our writing a lot faster too, because it was like having two minds tackling the exact same problem, um, you know, what to do with the blank page. And coming from like um, a musical background for me, and, and Dan is really well versed in music too, a lot of our outlines we actually formed by changing music with each other and making playlists about characters, oh. which I know is a common thing that writers do. But like we uh, ended up kind of another story that isn't Mars Fall, we kind of got the entire series outlined just through swapping classic rock and classical music and you know funk and chorus and all sorts of stuff back and back and forth and over the years and so that's like the nice thing about having I think a writing partner that really gels with the same mindset as you and then we've had to figure out how to standardize things as we've started to work with yes. other people <laughs> um, and Dan mentioned Sam um, who's one of our other partners and then Brian Goodhart is our uh, sound engineer and recently has been way more active in a creative producer role and like showrunner for our newest season. So yeah, starting with Dan, I think made it easier to branch out and add more people in for sure. Oh, I love this. I have, boy, just this like branching creature of questions that I want to ask you, <laughs> but I think I want to back up just a little bit. So just for our listeners who might not be familiar with uh, a writer's room and even terms like producer and showrunner, can you give us just a quick a quick definition of sort of these terms that we've been using? Yeah, I think like it's, this is a great time to ask because I think I've really learned the difference this past six months while working on our newest season. So writer, you know, is the person who sits down, writes the actual script, will write the dialogue, you know, set the scene. And if you have a co-writer like Dan and I, you know, whether, you know, one of us puts in 30 and our person puts in 70, whatever, it doesn't matter. We share 50-50 of the credit. So that's the job of the writers, the person that put the stuff on the page. Producer is a much kind of higher level, big picture thing. Like, you know, they might have general ideas of where the story is going as a creative producer. It might also just be, you know, keeping the books balanced, like checking the budget. Uh, producer is kind of like a catch-all term. And, um, you know, for all four of us, myself, Dan, Sam, and Brian as producers, like, we'll do anything from the administration through, like, heavy, heavy story design and catch anything small or humongous that falls <laughs> between the cracks. And so then Showrunner, I found, like, sits really in between the two. Like, mm. I and, you know, kind of Dan and myself had called each other showrunners for the first couple seasons, but... Now with season four, we've hired at least five additional writers that we've been working with and may even expand even more. But like we've learned that with the showrunner, it's it's that producer half that's like um, organizing the emails, you know, setting up the meetings, running the meetings, having an agenda. And then also that writer's half that is, you know, doing the really hardcore outlining so that a writer can have a good place to start from when they make their script. And then the final step of the showrunner is to collect everybody's scripts, issue notes. Mm. We, we do a second draft. And when we get that second draft, it's out of the writer's hand. And then the showrunners, we might, I mean, we, we don't, but like we might, if we had to rewrite every single word of that script, but we don't get any of the credit. It's all mm. about the writer who keeps the credit. And I think that's like a really, really important thing that I've seen from some showrunners that I really admire that um, you know, even one casually was like, 
it's amazing seeing an episode of my show and knowing that I wrote most of the script, even though I have no writing credit. And someone was like, oh, that must feel so bad. And they're like, I got paid. Like, oh. you know, that's the job. Like, so, yeah. you know, um, but yeah, I, I really feel very fortunate to be like a showrunner, but also that day and I still get to write some episodes as well, because it's it's nice to shut off all the other parts and just get into the page and write. Absolutely. Dan, did you have anything to Because that was so succinct and so good. Thanks. Yeah. Um, so I will add that I learned that I'm not super into show running, that I really love just sticking as an actor and a, and a writer and producer. But uh, I think that's something that we kind of figured out over the past, like, yeah, six months, year or so that, you know, Eric's really well positioned to take on that role. And I think we, we come from different mindsets, you know, like I approach writing from the perspective as an a, of an actor. Mm. And so, you know, part of what I'm looking at is, is this going to sound realistic? Is this going to work effectively to convey this character's progress in the story? Whereas, and I don't want to speak for Eric, but I feel like occasionally you might be coming at it from a, an angle more like, how is this going to overall affect the rest of this season and maybe next season? Mm. Whereas I'm just looking at, more of a i guess like day-to-day yeah uh, and you're more big picture i would say yeah we're, we're like co-managers he handles the day-to-day exactly. i handle the big picture <laughs> um you know we're each doing half a job <laughs> but no i mean as we all know in writing and podcasting or you know most jobs in the united states uh your job is like three jobs minimum yeah so yeah Gosh. well and it's funny because i was just about to ask like how does it feel to have you know your job so clear cut and parsed out and focused down to just one thing but you know it sounds like no matter what you're doing you're still doing all the things kind of in a way and especially like with overlap of, of seasons and stuff mm. like i don't want to speak for you dan but like pivoting between doing producer notes on our you know season that's about to air while trying to write the upcoming season yeah you know, <laughs> You can say you're switching the hat all you want, but like it is a very hard balance. It's a trip. It is. How do you feel like this has affected your creativity? And I want to ask about this, well, in a couple different senses. But first of all, in the sense that, you know, for me, being a creator is a huge part of my identity. And for me, my projects are all my little creative babies. And I think what I want to ask, and Eric, I know that you have an, a new baby, so maybe this is just not even the right metaphor, but I, oh, I kind of want to ask, gone. like, how do you feel um, your, your sense of being a creator or creativity has changed in working together on projects? That's a very good question. Yeah. Um, Eric, do you want, do you want to... Uh... No, no, go ahead, go ahead. Well, for me, I feel as though this is something that has really helped me mm. before working with Eric and before writing collaboratively. The biggest issue that I think I have faced is being hundred percent unwilling to kill my darlings that I have mm. all these great little ideas that I like are perfect in my head, but don't work at all in a script, you know, or maybe like they don't work the way I think. And yeah. now in working with Eric and Sam and Brian, we're able to identify like that's a, a cool idea makes no sense here save that for season four save that for you know the the next episode when we're going to focus on something different um so it helps it's really helped me focus Mm -hmm. i I don't feel limited by that i feel more like i'm able to cut the diamond a little bit more neatly Mm -hmm. you know um and make make it shine a little bit better instead of having a giant 
rock that looks kind of gross and dirty. Now I have slightly <laughs> smaller, but much, much more polished, beautiful gem. Oh, that's beautiful. And and going back and forth, like when Dan was saying earlier, we pass the scripts back and forth. And as we get deeper and deeper into versions of a draft or something, you know, I might cut something that he wrote and then I'll get it back and then he'll have put it back in. And I'll be like, <laughs> okay, so he really wants this. Does it work? Like, and then I might cut it again. And then if it comes back and it's like in there, I'm like, all right, fine. And they're like, or well, similar things like that will happen. And then of course, you know, then we hand that off to like Sam and Amelia. He's like, this is cut. Like, so you just have yeah. to get used to, oh. to like, oh, I see where you guys did this. It's like really cool, but what does it do for the story? And I'm like, I don't know, man, there's an explosion. Like, can we just have the explosion? <laughs> yeah, we really wanted that joke, but like, it's just not funny enough. So yeah, we need to punch not... it up or we need to, we need to get rid of it. Wow. Yeah. And I think that is like, is a critical part. Like, what's the phrase? It's like writing is just rewriting. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what it all is. Like, I learned so much from you just now. And, and I'm curious too. <laughs> You know, so I used to build websites for people and do marketing consulting and stuff. And one big question I always had to ask was, who ultimately is in charge of saying no? And is everybody else okay with this? And it sounds like that's something you've had to work through as well, especially, gosh, and especially with something so close to your heart. Um, Absolutely. Taking a joke out, putting it back in, realizing it doesn't work. Is that the executive producer then that's in charge of kind of that ultimate decision? Or do you find that you have discussions about it? I think probably discussions, because all four of us are equal stakeholders in our company. We're all equal executive producers. Mm -hmm. But like, I don't know, Dan, I don't know how to answer that question. How do we end up with a script (laughs) That like we're all like cool. I don't know how. We... I feel like you know sometimes, like you said, if I if I had a line that got cut, I might think like, oh, I wonder why that got cut, and I might throw it back in because I don't see a, an immediate reason why it's not in there. Mm. But if it comes back and like it's gone again, then we might talk about like, hey, uh, like was there something wrong with that, or was it just like we need to save time here, or mm-hmm. you know whatever it is. But I found it's pretty amicable. I mean, we don't usually yeah. fight each other over. We um, leave our ego the at the door. Oh, yeah, we kind of have to. You, know? you have to do that. And like, and, and we always are like, what is the best thing for the story? And what yep. is the most believable response or justification for a character or motivation? If you can't answer those two things and something feels wrong, then that's like, it needs to be adjusted or it needs to be removed. And now, actually, I do think, you know, in the end, the person who really gets kind of the final say is... The four of us, when we're actually listening to the mixes and doing notes, because mm-hmm. that's really the final step of like, you know what? I know we wrote this joke. I know we recorded this joke. I know the actress performed it well. It just ain't funny. Like, mm. snip, yeah. snip the joke. Or like, you know what? We actually need to rewrite this little bit of a scene because it's just not working. So that's the luxury of us, you know, being able to go start to finish and just, yeah, over the years, just finding a way for the four of us to work here because like i'm in awe of you sarah the fact that like you do everything the four of us do (laughs) as one person and you know i have to ask you like how do you get the final like say like which which sarah gets the final say on like when (laughs) when you're about to release the episode thank you for asking that oh my gosh um (laughs) it's so funny and you know you talk about the different sarahs because there are and actually i had a beautiful conversation with marguerite croft about this oh yeah she's Um, awesome oh my gosh i freaking love her um she was saying you know as as one creator you know we are 
at times, you know, idea person, we are writer, we are editor, and we are marketer. And it's, yeah, because you're, you're constantly putting on those different hats. And I don't always know that the right Sarah makes the right decision. <laughs> and like part, part of my creative journey has been making my peace, yes, with cutting my darlings, killing my darlings, cutting out things that I realize don't work, but also realizing that I don't always realize what works at the time that mm. I'm doing it. And it, it is hard to create in a vacuum. And so I've really had to open up as a creator and my beautiful husband and partner, Tim, I've you know shown him drafts and he's like, yep, no, this works, this doesn't, this works, this doesn't. And I, I think that you really can't get away from that. I think that you really do need other, I don't know, other eyes and ears on your work to kind of help you make those decisions. I think so. I think that gets to the best if if it's if it's someone you trust. Yes, you know. yes. And that's I would help I hope you trust Tim. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I yeah, that trust is beautiful. And I and I think that opens up another really interesting question. I know that at least you and Dan and maybe Eric, you and some of the others have all been friends for a long time, but what about people who are just now thinking about starting a project and building a team and they maybe don't have their like childhood best friend to like do this with them? Would you have any advice, I guess, for forming that team? And I know you recently hired some writers, so that might provide some insight as well. And um, I also want to highlight before I let you speak again, because I'm very rude. Um, you had mentioned checking your ego at the door, and I would love to hear more elaboration on that as well. So in terms of working with other people, I think when we decided we want to reach out to more writers because, you know, just simply we need, we don't, we don't have enough time to do everything we want to do. Mm-hmm. You know, we're always trying to do more and more, more. Um, <laughs> and we're all we laughing. made a decision that yeah. we, we really wanted to um, work with people who we knew. At mm. least in some capacity, you know, we've been lucky enough to be able to go to, you know, podcast conventions and, you know, over the years, maybe a little bit less so with COVID, but to really get to know people in the community whose voices we respect and, mm. and you know, who we think have talent in writing. So that was our first idea. So I would say, you know, to someone just starting out, don't live on an island. Don't, you know, seclude yourself and meet other people because, you know, you might not realize like your writing partner is just someone you, you know, you yeah. just met. You just, the other thing I would say is do your research, you know, mm-hmm. listen to a lot of shows, see if possible, read the transcripts, because sometimes the transcript isn't the same thing that you see on the show. You know, I know for Marsfall, we, we always have an element of collaboration that we really love when our actors offer, you know, insight on their characters. Sometimes that yeah the direction comes back like no it's got to be this way because xyz <laughs> but other times we're like this is brilliant we didn't think of that oh my god you've got to keep this you know um and i think that's part of the thing you know so i would say like follow the joy and and do the research in terms of building your team yeah and i think once you have done all that and you start to work with people i think gauge how they best can bring your your idea to life mm-hmm. so you know, I don't I don't talk to every actor the same way, you know, some of them I really chew them out. No, like I'm nice <laughs> yeah, right. I'm nice to all of them, of course, <laughs> when I'm in director mode and, and you know, Dan directs as well. So I think he knows where I'm going with this. But it's like different people learn different ways, different people respond to um different kinds of suggestions. And I think unless you're doing it totally solo, you know, like early girl in space style, like where it's one, you know, one person doing everything, but like if you, even if you have one other actor and you're just the writer producer still 
listen to that actor i'm assuming you're working with them because like you like them and, and you're working with them and you're and you're building this new trust and mm-hmm. um but in the end you got to have a core clear vision for what you want because of like what dan said like yeah a lot of our actors will improvise and lots of times it's good but other times it's like nope we really need you to say the thing like <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. that's and, such uh, a good point oh sorry yeah no 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 um i was just gonna say like one hilarious thing about trust too so Dan and I have been friends. Sam got hooked into our little, our friend duo became a trio. And then, um, you know, we were five episodes into writing the first season of Mars Ball. And Sam was like, yeah, we'll just record things on our iPhone. And like, you know, it'll be fine. It'll all mix together. Um, and then we learned like, well, that ain't going to work. So <laughs> we had to find an engineer. And when I met mm. Brian, came his recommendation from someone else. I went in and met him and Owen, who does all of our sound effects. So I met the two of them together masterminded all that um and vr too but anyway uh not to get sidetracked i had like a 45 minute kind of interview meeting with them and then we were like yeah let's work together and i walked away and i get on the train to go back home in new york city and i'm like you know i've never actually seen or heard anything that they've worked on it just like really <laughs> vibes with these guys in this fancy studio that they worked at and uh, like i you know i hope their stuff sounds good and when i got above ground from the subway i had an email from Brian that was like, yeah, so, you know, excited to, like, work with you, but we realized, like, we haven't read any of your scripts, like, <laughs> so there is something, I think, where, like, we knew in our heart of hearts, like, these are people I want to work with, and then, you know, luckily, I, I was like, yeah, here's the script, and then an hour later, I got an email from him being like, this is great, I'm so excited to do it, and, like, I went on their website, and I was like, yeah, you know, I, I listened to some of your commercial works, like, oh, sound design is gonna be great, so, that's that we didn't, as we didn't do enough <laughs> yeah. research or like, but there, I think there's something out. to say that like skill, skill is one thing, but even more important is like knowing that you're going to work together well. And like, that's something you can't really quantify. Potentially for years. Yeah. Right. You know, so yeah. you, you don't yeah. want to get sick of them. Yeah. And even if you are just doing a three month limited series or something like six episodes or like, or anthology style with all sorts of different actors, like you want to just make sure that that time is fun and there's like comfort and trust there because then it's going to be so much more efficient and you're going to get performances and end results there. You can't get it any other way. Mm. Um, just to, to speak to checking your ego at the door. Yeah. Um, this is something that's not difficult for me at all. I mean, <laughs> as an actor, like rejection is just, you know, a very natural part of the process. So that, you know, that's really something I've been dealing with since a teenager. And mm. sometimes I get a part and it's great. And the vast majority of the time, the, most of the things either I'm not right for, or uh, maybe I'm too tall or whatever it is, but I just have maybe become a bit used to it. But I think anyone working in a creative field kind of has to be okay with the fact that to a certain extent, there is some judgment and you have to be okay with the fact that people are going to judge what you have to offer. It's not always the easiest thing and it's not always the most comfortable thing. Um, I mean, that's why I snort laughed when Dan said it was easy for him. Cause like, it ain't easy for me. And, <laughs> and I've learned to, I, it's a skill I cultivated yeah. it. And now it's a lot easier. Mm. That's a good point though, too, is that, you know, you have to learn a lot of these things as you go. Yeah. I feel like we still are. I mean, yeah. every single, we've, we've been doing this since what, 2017, we started making Mars fall. And yeah, that seems like so long ago now, but I, I feel like we've learned an incredible amount that, you know, we never took classes on. We never, you know, we just learned by kind of fumbling through it and figuring it out ourselves, what worked, what really didn't. Um, and We like went you know. to grad school on our own kind of. 
and yeah. it was way yeah. cheaper and way more rewarding. <laughs> yeah. Well, same. Like everything I've done, I feel like has been just me experimenting along the way. For both of you or each of you, what has been like the biggest surprise that you've kind of taken away from this process? That's a good question. If there's just one, maybe there's like 10,000. <laughs> I know. It's like, do you want a big one or do you want a little one? Like, you got, I said, what was the big surprise? Right? I guess, yeah. We'll go. With, let's go with big. I think like as we, for us, like as we've grown and um, have been looking to the future, like what's beyond Marsfall, especially a mm-hmm. lot in the recent days, because like we are we are trying to wind down the story but as we've expanded you know one of the reasons we got that writer's room is because we had joined up with a network the curious cast network and they wanted more episodes so like that's why we had to kind of mm-hmm. in fact they wanted a whole nother season than we were originally planning like we we were going to be like six episodes and done with the final season of mars yeah. fall but they're like no we want two seasons at 15 a pop Okay. Like, okay this is like how yeah you so know, to go from six to 30 <laughs> yeah yeah and you know we we realized i think we bit off way more than we could chew and uh but it's been a really big experiment and so i guess the point of that is like the surprise was that as you get bigger as more people get involved you're going to be throwing these like really wild curveballs that are going to mm. push you to have to learn another skill and so i think mm. that can be surprising and can come with a lot of resistance but mm. if you're checking your ego and if you're like hopefully given enough time and space to like, you know, not develop a health condition while trying <laughs> to learn the new skill. Yeah. I think you can handle any big surprises like that. I don't know, Dan, if you have like a specific Well, kind of going along with that, I think for me, the biggest surprise was that I, you know, when we started, I considered myself an actor. I didn't write. Um, mm. I didn't have anything to do with writing the first four episodes of Marsfall. Mm. And then I decided, you know, we kind of talked about it and, to take a little bit off your plate, Eric, I, yeah, I wanted to... <laughs> I begged him. I was like, write with me. <laughs> well, I, I had written I'd, I'd written things since you know high school and college, but I'd never done anything with them because I was so afraid that someone would say it's garbage you know, or, or not love it the same way I do. And I found that I had the ability to write and to be okay with it you know, being mm-hmm. out there in the public. And that kind of feeling also translated a little bit to directing. That, that was mm-hmm. something that I... I was very nervous doing just because I feel like, I don't know, I I have a lot of acting training, but I feel as though that's very me focused. You know, it's all about like my character and figuring out how he fits into the greater story. And who am I to say, you know, to say, I understand every single character in a story um, Mm -hmm. as well as, Mm -hmm. as the actor. So that, that was hard for me to take on that role uh, in certain places because it felt, I don't know. I've been hearing a lot about imposter syndrome lately, but I just have felt like that was something that I'm not a director. I'm just an actor and kind of a writer, but that translated to, okay, I'm, I'm doing this, I'm writing and now directing more often kind of makes me a writer, kind of makes me a director. I feel a lot more comfortable wearing those hats. Whereas before it was kind of terrifying and it's, mm-hmm. it's very liberating now. What helped ease you into that? Was it just the act of just moving forward with it and just jumping in and doing it? I think a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I've always, I've always loved writing and, you know, it was just kind of, uh, yeah, it was a, a bit of a leap that I had to take, but personally, I've always kind of enjoyed doing something that I'm a little bit afraid of. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that feeling you get when you write an email to like a boss or like someone and it's kind of long and it's sort of, you've like read it three times. I just, I re- I don't know. Maybe it's masochistic of me. I really love just that sense of like 
clicking send and like it's out of my hands. I can't do anything about it. Now it's in it's in the universe. I, I guess because I feel like leading up to that, it's just so like, oh, is it good enough? I don't know. And then mm. just being okay with, you know, whatever it is and putting it out there. You know, I found that people are so kind and friendly and forgiving and that it's it's much less intimidating than I, I thought it was, I guess. Wow. Yeah. I think wow. that's, I really like that too, Dave, at the very end you said, because I think to remind, kind of circling back to any new people entering this, like, the reviews you'll get from the loudest people are the people that like hate your stuff. And I, you know, I catch this mm-hmm. with my, I don't write bad reviews to people, but there are so many things that I like that I don't take the time to write a review being mm. like, I like it. And so mm. you always have to keep in mind that the majority of people will be neutral to indifferent toward your work. Then, you know, a lot of people are not going to like it. And then like 10% are going to be like really into it, but like you're doing it for yourself in your core. And like, the reward that you're giving to, you know, the people that like it and the indifference. And heck, I would rather have a bigger chunk of people that didn't like it than were indifferent yeah. to it. So I'm like, good. It made you Someone feel felt something. something based on your art. They yeah. listened. They don't yeah, like it, but that. okay, that's their yeah. their prerogative. And I can say your critique is invalid. So <laughs> <laughs> I mean when you're when you're I producing art for free, that. it's like you kind of yeah. can leave some criticism, you know, like at the door. It's like you can criticize yeah. all you want, but I'm making this for you. You don't have to pay anything. So yeah. you know. And I know I've even texted you, Sarah, I think a couple of years ago when I got a review that was like really negative to the writing specifically. And it was the first one that kind of cut through. And I mm. and it kind of taught me that like you can't put up walls and like put up a shell because like it will break at some point and that break like mm. really hurts. So I think it's just like you're rolling with it like the tide. It's just like the waves and like, you know, sometimes you ride the wave, sometimes the wave smashes you in the sand, but like still the ocean, it's a beautiful like process to be like giving to something and having like feedback come in and and just knowing that it's out there shared with people. Yeah. Sorry. You're uh, the, I'm thinking back to all of the, you know, the one star reviews and feeling like, you know, the ocean wave has just smashed your face into the sand, but you know, at the same time, you're an incredibly good and valid and wonderful writer and creator, and nobody gets to take that away yeah. from yeah. you. Yeah, and you're learning. You're all constantly yeah. learning. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You know, it's so easy to critique, but mm-hmm. to produce, yeah. to make something is so much harder and so much – it takes so much more vulnerability and courage that, yeah. you know, who I, – I, I find myself very often, if I'm going to critique, like, a movie or a show – you know, I, I want to look at not just like, was I entertained from, you know, start to finish, but how much work went into this? And, yeah. you know, is it something that took a lot of effort to make? And if so, you know, that that's valid. Mm-hmm. It might not be my favorite thing, but maybe I don't need to be rude about it on the Internet also. Yeah. <laughs> and even like with a bad movie, like I might be like, shame on you, writer or director. But like at the end, I'm like, at least a bunch of people got paid to make this. Yeah. <laughs> like, so they're like, yeah, I'm like, hooray for the crew workers and the editors mm-hmm. and, you know, hopefully all getting their union rates. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. My gosh, I have like 10 billion questions to ask you, but I also want and need to be respectful of your time. Sure. Okay. But I do want to touch on a few more things. Sure. I know that earlier, when I asked like, oh, who has the final say on what works and what doesn't, you talked a little bit about your overall vision for the show. Where does that vision come from and how do you stay true to it? Do you have it documented somewhere? Um, and what, what does that look like for you? Yeah, it's quite a process. We use Google Drive and uh, I think Google Drive is as good as 
you know, you can use it. So like, we've just found a way to use it really well. It started off, you know, it was my nugget of an idea. And then Sam and I were riffing on it during our lunch breaks at our hellish office job. <laughs> and like, and by hellish, <laughs> I just mean really boring. Like, that's all. <laughs> but uh, One kind of hell. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, we roped Dan in pretty quick. And now that like Brian has gotten more involved on the story level with the latest season, that documentation is critical to we're texting all the time, you know, emailing, leaving comments on docs and stuff. But I think at this stage, when we're going with the story, we all get the freedom to throw out ideas and make a case for why something is important, you know, and and that might not gel with one or two or even all three of other people. But I think it's about, you know, making your case. And I think if any one of us have really thought it through, we're passionate about it, that like the rest of us are going to roll with it until it works or it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And it's just kind of like the killing the darlings thing a little bit again too i mean even the ideas at the very very basic level of just shouting stuff into the void and seeing you know what sticks on the page you have to like kind of bring that mentality too when working with with a group of people because uh going back to earlier like i'm a i'm a fairly bossy person that's why i like to direct <laughs> and uh but uh, and i think it because of that i have skills that like help me be a showrunner but it's like I don't boss the three of them around. Like we have to really be equal to each other and just always ask that question. Like, is it good for the story? Is it good for the characters? And hopefully someone will write it down. <laughs> yeah. I'd say like any new, any new projects, things we've been working on outside of Marsfall um, and, and really mm-hmm. new seasons and episodes of Marsfall in later days, we've really tried to look at much bigger overarching questions, you know, things that have to do with, you know, like how can this apply to, humanity at large how can like is this something that is really only specific to this one character in this one show or is this you know a question that can be applied to any audience member listening and it's not always going to be everybody but i think there are a lot of i'm a teacher so this is what i would call an (laughs) essential question um where it's like you know a rhetorical question that's not necessarily going to be answered but it's kind of like the the overall thing for this unit for the next three months we're focusing on answering this question by doing a thousand things. So yeah, it's more metaphysical and you know, more big picture. But if we can't answer that, then we need to go back and figure yeah. out, okay, then what are we really trying to say? Mm-hmm. You know, is it just like, we think it's fun to be on Mars. Okay. That's cool. But that doesn't really necessarily. What's the why? Yeah. Why yeah. are we here? Yeah. What are we really trying to say about the future of people and interactions with people and space and AI and all sorts of stuff? And tapping into your core beliefs, whether you're an individual mm. or a team of four or more, I think like if it's not gelling with your core beliefs, you're not going to be able to write something and fully create it. Yeah, the passion won't from be the there. heart. Yeah, you need that passion. Boy, I agree with that, and I, I kind of want to. I wanted to ask some questions about like, oh, so you know, when a network comes in and says, "Hey, we need you to do this thing that you didn't plan on," but I also don't want you to throw the network under the bus. No. And so I don't know if there's like a gentle way you can talk about what that felt like and what that is like. I mean, we would, yeah, we would never throw anyone. They they're not worthy of being thrown under the bus. I think like when you start working with someone that's like a network, we also have a manager that we've started working with the last year and a half. Basically, someone from the outside that's more the business. Mm. I think you go in with expectations and you just have to be flexible with expectations. Like we've had to work with our network about adjusting some deadlines to get them, to get them the quantity they want at the quality mm. we want to deliver. Yeah. And they hundred percent were like, yeah, guys, let's delay, you know, the, the release a little bit. If you want to do these rewrites, like we, mm. we respect the art. 
And I just really like that hit me hard. Like, you know, I, I expect my actors, like, you know, our writers, like obviously my producing partners to say that, but like for the network to do that, you know, the team over at Curious Cast has just been really accommodating. I love that. Yeah. And mm. like for us, the four of us at Marsfall, like our long term goals, you know, it's not just to make Marsfall. We want to make other things and hopefully 2022 is going to be a big year from us like making that dream a, a bigger reality and i think like to do that we're gonna have to learn how to play nice with with, mm-hmm. with the money that's out there you know with with the distribution without compromising our values without compromising the values yeah and this is by no means to say that someone starting out needs a network or needs you know major financial backing or needs a manager we didn't have any of that we did it so mm. it's just we're trying out different things. And uh, this is what we're committing to because in the end, we always are deciding our company vision is like, we're going to gamble on the four of us, no one else. Mm. So like, what's the best gamble for us? Because the one thing we know is that we can make good art. Not to sound arrogant. <laughs> no, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. And I almost kind of want that to be like our closing our closing sentiment here. Cool. My gosh. Okay. I want to ask one final question sure. out of my list that has continued to grow during our conversation. <laughs> but you mentioned like, hey, if you're just getting started, you know, you maybe don't need a manager and all of that. What would you say getting started and telling a collaborative story? What is it that you just need at the very most basic? Definitely a vision. Um, mm-hmm. And if you're working with other people, a shared vision about what you want to say. If you have a message, what is that message specifically? Not like, I want to talk about friendship. Okay, but what are you saying about friendship? Again, this is like me being a teacher. It's like, it's not a theme statement. It's it's just a word. You need a whole (laughs) sentence. Um, But but really, like, if what are you saying? If you you have a voice, so use it to say something that you believe in. And I think in creating a, a show, you know, if it's a podcast with, you know, I don't know, 10 episodes per season, you have that much time to be able to say X about what you believe. And mm. if you have another season, great, but it's really important to know what you want to communicate with the world. And I think it's important to realize that you might be saying something sort of similar to someone else, but that doesn't mean what you have to say is invalid. Yeah. It's, mm. it's your perspective. So you're bringing a, a, a new light on it, you know, unless you're literally doing a, a you know, shot for shot or remake or <laughs> take for take remake um, in audio. <laughs> And even then, it, that's that's still got your own vision to it. So, I, yeah. I think it's it's so important to know what you want to say. And if you're not sure what you want to say, figure it out. Like have brainstorming sessions. You know, talk yeah. to people and journal. Write down things that you feel. And if that changes, note that and see where it's going. If you can kind of find a trajectory, that can help to sort of give you a, a better idea of what you want your show to be. In like very broad terms. You know, I kind of say it's half joke, but like there's only a handful of stories. So I think a lot of people too can be intimidated of like, mm. oh, I'm just doing the same story. Well, it's okay. Like if you're listening to this right now and you're like, I have this great story about these colonists that go to Mars and they have an AI, but like Marsfall did it. Like I guarantee you on my bookshelf, your bookshelf, your Netflix queue, my Netflix queue, we have the same things in there. We're drawing from the same resources. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah. what do you want to tell about those colonists and their and their machine? And like that's what gets at the core of it. The structure of like following story beats of making like cool characters, like that's all templates. But like when you bring your unique flavor to it and commit to that, that's going to make it special for you and for a lot of your listeners. I love it. 
both of you, Eric, Dan, thank you for being here. I love every time I talk with you, I'm just so happy. Uh, I learn a little bit. I laugh a little bit. It's just <laughs> such a good time. And I just appreciate both of you so much. Um, where can people find you online? Where can they listen to your shows and just see more of what you're up to? Sure. I'd say the one-stop shop is marsfallpodcast.com. You can find all of our episodes there. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at MarsFallPod. And um, you can find MarsFall. Uh, we have three seasons um, out right now and a couple miniseries all on our main RSS feed. Um, so you can find us by looking up MarsFall. And we do have a Patreon that has some behind-the-scenes uh, content interviews uh, a lot of music talks from sam you can also get the entire music soundtrack i can't believe we didn't even get into music because music and writing but yeah so you can also find marsfall on patreon by going to patreon and searching for marsfall did i say marsfall enough times marsfall 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 thank you no, I just want to thank you both for being here, for sharing your knowledge and your expertise. One of my favorite things is when other creators are so generous with what they've learned. And I, I know it takes a lot. It takes a lot of experimentation and risk taking and just personal time and energy to move forward and to create. And you have done that so beautifully. And I really appreciate you sharing that with our listeners today. Um, so links to, oh, well, gosh, <laughs> links to Mars Fall, Mars Fall, Mars Fall will be in the show notes for today's episode. So if you want to find those show notes, they're out at sarahwerner.com and then just go on to this latest episode. And gosh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Thank you for being here. And uh, I'm just delighted that uh, we got to talk with you today. Thank you so Thank much. You. It was a blast. Yeah, it really was. Um, so good to see you, Sarah. <laughs> Thank you.